You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Second Corinthians chapter 8, uh, we started this morning and we talked about the grace of God. And I hope you never get tired hearing about the grace of God because uh, it is by grace that ye are saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. It's all because of grace. You say, well, you know, I've really, I've done a lot of good things and I've really uh, been a good person. And so I think it's probably 50-50, 50% God and 50% me. I got news for you. If you get to heaven, it'll be 0% you and it'll be 100% because of God and his mercy. And then once we get saved, not only do, does God save us, but God gives us his blessings and he, he pours out his blessings upon us. I shared this morning, I shared some of the, the blessings that God has bestowed upon this church and uh, really just an overview. There's no way we could uh, count all the blessings. There's no way we could name all the blessings. But I want to say this, not only has God been good to our church collectively, but God's been good to us individually. I was thinking this afternoon, I was just thinking about God's grace in my life. You know, I can't explain it, but uh, God saw fit uh, to, to, to bring my mom and dad together. My mom grew up in uh, Colorado, Denver, Colorado. My dad, uh, he, his dad was in the Air Force, so they were all over the place. And eventually they landed in Rockford, Illinois. That's where my dad got saved. My mom got saved in Denver, Colorado. And God led them to, to meet in Bible College in Watertown, Wisconsin. And you know, it was only God's grace that, that they stayed in church and they served God and loved God and that they, they allowed me to grow up in a Christian home. That's only God's grace. And you say, well, Pastor, you know, I didn't have that opportunity to grow up in a Christian home. Well, maybe not, but you have the opportunity now to have a Christian home. And you have the opportunity to change gears and change course. And you have the opportunity to set a direction for your family and for generations to come. But it was God's grace that allowed me to grow up in church. It was God's grace that gave me a, a Christian school and a Sunday school that I could go to. And I had a youth group that I got to be involved in. I hope our teenagers, uh, some of them are here, I always point down here, but they're scattered throughout. But I hope our teenagers never take for granted a good youth group. Uh, I've heard so many people say, I wish, I wish I would have had the opportunity to have a youth group like this and to go to teen camp and go to youth conferences and have a, a teen Sunday school and a teens on target and all these things. And then God gave me the opportunity to go to a Christian school. And uh, I'm sure there were times where I didn't appreciate it like I should, you know, because of the rules and the homework and all that. But can I tell you, I am so thankful for that privilege. That's only God's grace. Then God allowed uh, me to go to Bible college and God directed my wife to go to Bible college. We, we lived 100 miles apart, but we never met until we went to California, 2,000 miles away. And God allowed us to meet and God allowed us to date and get married and then We've had the opportunity to serve God in uh, Illinois. We served there for a couple years after we got married. We got to serve God for nine years in California and now uh, almost eight years here at Victory Baptist Church. And that's only the grace of God. God's been so good in my life. But can I tell you, if you look back at all that God's done for you, you will have to say to God be the glory, great things he hath done. It's only the grace of God in our lives. 
We talked about this morning God's grace in giving. And I hope that as we, 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 we mention it, I didn't really hit on it like I wanted to. But I hope you'll, you'll look at and take inventory of your finances. Uh, are you tithing? Uh, are you giving to the work of God? Are you giving to missions? Are you giving to these areas? Uh, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I'll promise you that. And I don't say that because I read it in a book or because I heard somebody say it once. I say it because my wife and I, we've experienced that. It's more blessed to give than to receive, but, but you're giving. Uh, we were adding missionaries. And I was talking to Brother Dan this week, and uh, a lot of churches, the way they do it is they don't take money out of the general fund for missions. They just say, hey, whatever comes in for missions, that's how many missionaries we're going to support. And, and obviously, we don't do it that way, but I hope that we're always looking for opportunities to give more and to do more for the Great Commission and for the cause of worldwide missions. We talked about our giving, giving of our finances, giving of our time, uh, giving uh, of encouragement and giving of comfort and giving of ourselves. And if we will give ourselves, then everything else, that'll all fall into place. But we must be willing to give of ourselves like the church, the churches at Macedonia did, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I want you to notice not only giving, but number two tonight, I'd like to talk about the subject of growing. It says in... 2 Corinthians 8, in verse number 2, it says, How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. You see, the Bible says that they abounded, they, they grew, they did more, they, they gave more, but the Bible says they did that in the midst of trials. God is not waiting for you to win the lottery till you start giving. And by the way, in case you're saying, oh, I didn't know we were supposed to play the lottery. You're not. And you shouldn't. But if you think, oh, if God gives me a whole bunch of money someday, then I will give to God. I got news for you. You probably won't. If you're not giving to God and faithful to God with what you have right now, then you probably won't give if you get some great amount of money. There was an abounding, there was a growth that took place even in their trials and even in their poverty. Notice verse number seven. Therefore, as ye abound, that is to exceed in everything, in faith, May God help us to grow in our faith. If your faith is not growing, I got news for you, then your Christian life is becoming stagnant. If something is not growing, it is dying. And our faith should grow. You say, well, how does our faith grow? Our faith grows when we put it to the test. When you prove God, you know what you find out? God always takes care of you. God always answers the, the, the request. God always meets the need. God always comes through. But there ought to be an abounding in faith. Then it says an utterance. That is our speaking. That is our witness. We ought to be growing in our witness every single day. The average Christian lives and dies and never shares the gospel with anybody. Now, I know that we ought to be a light. And by the way, people ought to see Christ in your testimony. Please, please, please do not go to the workplace 
and be rude and cuss people out and rant about everything and be a royal grump and then on the way out say, oh, and by the way, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Nobody wants that, let me tell you. People need to see a difference in us, but we also need to open our mouths. The Bible says that we are to preach the gospel to every creature, not just show it, not just live it. They go hand in hand, but we are to preach our utterance, our, our words, our speaking. It says we should grow in knowledge. Our growing in knowledge can only be done as we get into the word of God. I want to ask you, how much of the Bible have you read in 2021? How many verses of the Bible have you memorized this year? Say, well, I memorized a lot of verses when I was a kid. Great, that's wonderful, but that's not growing. That's just trying to maintain. That's just trying to coast. There ought to be a growth in knowledge. There ought to be a growth in our diligence. Our diligence is, is our seriousness and our commitment to the things of God. I hope I'm a stronger Christian now than I was last year at this time. I hope that through COVID and all the things we went through, I hope I've got a greater desire to stay after it and to do something than I did before. Can I tell you, there's got to be a desire to do something for God. In 1982, uh, I, I, I was three years old, so I don't remember this story. But in 1982, there was a guy by the name of Larry Walters. Larry Walters, and when, when you hear the story, you might remember the story, but you probably don't remember the name. Larry Walters was somebody who wanted to do something big. And he did something big. He did something great. It was uh, greatly foolish, but nonetheless, he did it. He decided that he would take 43 weather balloons and tie those 43 weather balloons to his lawn chair. And he released himself sitting on his lawn chair with 43 weather balloons from San Pedro, California. And he ended up over Long Beach before they realized this guy has got problems. Uh, and he had more problems than just physical. He had some other problems too. But they, they, they got him down or he, they, they got his attention and they got him down uh, from uh, that lawn chair. He actually came down and got tangled in some power lines. Amazingly enough, he didn't electrocute himself and he, he got down to safety. And they were there, they were ready to throw the book at him. They said, we're not sure what we're taking him in on, but we're taking him in and we're gonna find something to, to arrest him for. But they said, this guy's lost his mind. He got up to, are you ready for this? He got up to 15,000 feet in the air on his lawn chair. No, oh me, it's, it's not amen, it's oh me. But Larry Walters, when he came down, they asked him, they said, what were you thinking? And Larry Walters said this, and I quote, he said, it was something I had to do. I had this dream for 20 years, and if I hadn't done it, I think I would have ended up in the funny farm. And I quote, those were his words. Well, whether he did it or not, I think we know where he ended up, right? Or at least where he should have ended up. But Larry Walters said, I just, I had to do it. It was just something I had to do. And can I tell you, I don't think you ought to do anything crazy like that. 
But I think there ought to be a passion in every one of us to say, I've got to do something for God. I've got to make some difference. I can't just live and die and go through life without seeing anybody saved, without helping anybody, without impacting anybody, without serving God, without giving, without doing something for the cause of Christ. There must be growth. These Christians, the Bible says, were growing in many areas. You abound in faith and in utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us. And Paul says, see that ye abound in this grace, the grace of giving also. Paul said, I want to see you grow in these areas. Can I tell you, God does not bless us with more so that we can collect more stuff. I believe God blesses us with more so that we can give and so that we can make a difference for eternity. Notice 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, the Bible says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God wants us to grow, not only giving, but growing. We ought to be growing in the Christian life the trials come and the trials actually help us to grow stronger. The trials actually help us to grow deeper in our relationship with the Lord. I looked this up. I've shared this. I know I've shared this with the children's choir. We'll usually talk about something with science or nature and how it relates to God and relates to the Bible. But you, you know, there's a tree. It's called the shepherd's tree. It grows in the desert and they have discovered that the roots of the shepherd tree can grow up to 250 feet deep. You know why that tree has to go down so deep? To find water. And the deeper those roots go, the more that tree becomes anchored and the more that tree becomes firm and planted. Can I tell you when the winds come, when you've got a tree that's got roots 250 feet deep, that tree's not going anywhere, I'll promise you that. But so many Christians, the Bible says that we get blown about by every wind of doctrine. I've seen Christians get blown away with politics. I've seen Christians get blown away with money. I've seen Christians get blown away because of uh, this idea or that idea or this crazy thing happened. Can I tell you, we ought to be grounded and growing and planted firm in the word of God. I want to ask you this evening, are you rooted in Christ or are you rooted in your own abilities? Are you rooted in Christ or are you rooted in the people around you? People will fail you. People will disappoint you. But Jesus Christ is the sure and solid foundation for our lives. Number one, we talked about giving. Number two, we have talked about growing. But number three, I want to talk about this point of missions. And it's that of going. The Bible says in chapter 8 and verse number 4, that those churches in Macedonia, they begged Paul. They begged him, they prayed him that with much entreaty, he would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship or the partnership of ministering to the saints. You see, here's how missions had to work. They didn't have a checking account that they could just deposit the money into for the missionaries. Uh, Brother Dan has got all of our missionaries set up with uh, the automatic uh, uh, payment. So those missionaries get, get their checks every month or three months or whatever that is. But it's just automatic. 
we don't have to fly, uh, we don't have to fly to Italy to deliver a check to the Denos. We don't have to fly or travel by boat to London to give a check to Bethany Norris. That money is just transferred. Well, in Paul's day, it didn't work that way. Paul said, I, I need you to give and I'm going to be a partner with you and I'm going to take that money and I'm going to distribute that money. I am going to go so that your funds can get to where they need to be. And you know, we live in a day when there's some people that are willing to go. You met those folks this week at our missions revival. My heart broke, and, and not, in a, not in a sad way, but my heart broke, and I guess you could say my heart was so challenged and so stirred to hear the testimony of Bethany Norris, who said, I just, I felt like God was calling me to go to the mission field, to talk to those missionaries and to hear that they have packed up their things. They've sold everything they have. And they said, we're going to the mission field because that is where God has called us to go. I want to tell you, you know those missionaries, you know where they came from? They came from churches like ours. And you know, I just believe that God may have some people in our church that God wants to send. Say, well, who are you trying to get rid of? Nobody. I'd like to keep everybody. But if God calls, my desire is that you would say yes. If God speaks to your heart and God says, I want you to go to Africa, or I want you to go uh, uh, to, uh, to, to South America, or I want you to go to Europe, or I want you to go to Canada, or I want you to go to wherever it may be, my, my desire is that we as God's people would say, yes, I'm willing to go. You see, when you give of yourself first, as the churches did in Macedonia, when you give of yourself first, you're willing to go wherever God wants you to go and do whatever God wants you to do. Would you turn with me, hold your place in 2 Corinthians 8, but turn with me to the book of Acts, please. These churches in Macedonia were thriving and were experiencing revival, even though they were going through great trials, but how did there get to be churches in Macedonia? Where did these churches come from? Did they just appear automatically? Did they just show up one day on their own? No, it says in Acts 16 and verse number 9, it says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of, where? Macedonia. And he prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. You know how those churches came to be in Macedonia? A man by the name of Paul answered the call of God to go and get the gospel to those people. We sing it in our, our hymn books. We have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light, send the light. You see, somebody's got to be willing to go. I am thankful that my parents were willing to go when God called them to Rockford, Illinois, when God called them to California, when God called them to Geneseo, Illinois. I'm glad that my wife's parents were willing to leave North Carolina and go to Washington, Iowa. You say, why would you go to Washington, Iowa? One reason, because God called them. I'm thankful that 
God has called people. Uh, the fact that we've got the staff that we have here, the fact that we've got many people that were, are here is because God called you. God brought you to this place. And those of you that are here and serving, you say, well, I never left home, but you've answered the call of God to serve God in this place. And may we be willing to go and to do whatever God calls us to do. I'll ask you this, are you willing to go? Are you willing to go to a mission field if God would call you? Are you willing to go out and share the gospel with your neighbor, with a coworker, with somebody that lives on the next street over? We were out yesterday, my wife and I and our, our children and um, Bethany and Madeline and my mom, we just had about three vehicles. We went over, we were back here in Greenbrier and uh, we were just passing out flyers, inviting people to church, talking to people, leaving uh, invitations on the door. You see, anybody can do that. But I wonder, I wonder who might get that card one day and say, you know, that's what I need. I need to know for sure that I'm going to heaven. I need, I need the, the plan of salvation. We had this morning, we had this, uh, this couple that joined. I was so happy for uh, Brian and Laura joining. But you know how they came to the church as Brother Chris was working with them. And he said, hey, why don't you come visit our church? Can I tell you, there's people all around that, that they know they, this is what they need. They just need somebody to invite them. They don't even know this place exists. Uh, we had this morning, right behind Brian and Laura, we had another man who said, you know, I, I'm looking for a church. We had a man across the aisle over here that moved recently, and he took a job here, and, and he said, I'm looking for a church. And can I tell you, who knows who you might reach? Who knows who I might reach if we'll just be obedient to get the gospel to people while we can? Would you be willing to go and work on a bus route? Would you be willing to go and work in a junior church? Would you be willing to go and help in a Sunday school? Would you be willing to go to your neighbors? Would you be willing to go and share the gospel? I feel like I say this from time to time, and it's, it's true. But we've lost in our church these last few years, we've lost some faithful prayer warriors. We need somebody that will answer the call and say, I'll be that prayer warrior. We've lost in these last few years, we've lost some faithful soul winners. I think about Brother Alton Powell. And what many of you do not know is that every Thursday of his life, rain or shine, you know what he was doing? Knocking on doors, sharing the gospel with people, telling people how to be saved. There was a day, this has been a year or two ago, and I, I tried to stop him in my own way. I, I wasn't very forceful, I'm sure. But I just said, are you sure you guys want to go out today? But Brother Alton, Brother Bobby, it was pouring the rain. And those guys pulled out umbrellas and said, we're good. We're going. And, I, and, and they went their way and we went our way and, and, and for our, our area. And they went out in the rain. Can I tell you, I'm just saying this. Somebody's got to be willing to go. Somebody's got somebody's to get committed to this thing. Can I tell you, the Apostle Paul... He was not a convenient, casual Christian. He was all in. He was sold out. And is it any wonder that those churches in Macedonia sprung up and, 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 and thrived because somebody answered the call? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.